Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 22. Oh, he tried to sneak out. <laughs> Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 22. While you're turning there, one other quick announcement um, for youth camp this summer. Um, please, uh, let's try to, we want to try to get those, everybody signed up by next week. So um, please check the ca- your calendars if your kids can go to camp this summer and, and sign them up for that so we can give them a number of how many are coming. And one other thing, I don't think it was in the bulletin, the church directories are finished. Um, they are out there in the foyer. So church family, you may take one per family, please. And we are past the editing stage, so what you see is what you got, all right? No, no changing your address or your mugshot or anything like that. So um, uh, Proverbs chapter 22. So Pastor Todd, before he left, started a series in Proverbs, um, and I and Dale Mort are going to continue on in that. And so that's why we are in Proverbs again today, uh, Proverbs chapter 22. But before we get into this, let's go to the Lord this morning for prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you that you are God, that you have given us your word so that we may know who you are, what you've done for us, and what it is you require of us. So Father, as we come to you today, we ask that we come with hearts open, with our lives open to your word, Lord, that you may change what needs to be changed, that you may work in our lives to make us more like you, that you may move in us to reach our communities with the gospel. So Lord, right now, I just ask that you help us to set aside the craziness, the distractions of life, Lord, and come to you with open hearts and minds. We pray this in your name. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 22, um, our key verse is going to be verse 4. And I'm going to be reading from the ESV, um, I, but if you're reading from the NASB or the King James, I think they're all really similar in their translations. Um, but from the ESV, it says this in Proverbs 22, verse 4, it says, the, revo- the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. And so our topic, as we've kind of been doing some topics recently in Proverbs today, is the topic of humility. Now, last summer, when we went uh, church camping, um, we took the teens on a hike one day, all right? And so on this hike, we told the teens, hey, we'll go hiking for a couple hours. Um, we'll, we'll have a good hike, get some exercise, uh, have a good time together, bonding time as teens, you know, that sort of thing. So we hiked up the mountain, and if you know, back at Camp Swatera, there's that hike up the mountain that you go over all the boulders, and then... You get up to the top of the mountain, and then you have the Appalachian Trail up there. And so we got up to the top, we started coming across part of the Appalachian Trail, and then we came down a different trail to come back to camp. And it was on this other trail down the mountain that uh, we ran into a problem. You see, this, this trail kind of zigzagged back and forth down the mountain. And somewhere along the way, we realized that the trail must have zigged or zagged, and we did not. Because we were now walking through the woods. We couldn't find any of the markers from the trail anymore. So we were kind of in uncharted territory. And we did eventually start making it. We just decided, okay, let's just make our way down. We know we need to come down the mountain. So let's at least do that. So we did that. We came down the mountain, found the camp. um, 
after another couple hours. Uh, it, took a little, it took a little longer than our estimated trip. But we forgot to pay attention and somehow got lost along the way in the tra- on the trail. And as we've been in the book of Proverbs, we have talked about a lot about learning wisdom and making wise and godly choices in the journey of our Christian life. And along with that is the importance of humility, and that's our topic today, humility in Proverbs. So let me begin by saying the journey to wisdom is traveled on the path of humility. Humility is an underlying topic throughout the entire book of Proverbs, and in fact, the entire Bible. And so as I read our passage today, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. And we begin, it begins with this, there's a reward, all right? And usually that perks people up, right? So if, if our kids if say, we will give you, all of a sudden your kids start listening to you. Okay, what do I have to do to get what I'm going to be given? All right, and so right here at the beginning of the verse, there's this, there's this mention of a reward. <clears throat> but the reward is actually the end result. It's usually, if you do this, then you get this. All right, so it's after your team has beat all the other teams in the playoffs, then you're crowned the champion, right? You get that reward. If after you've finished your years and years of work for a certain company, then they give you retirement. All right, it's, it's graduation season. So this weekend on, on Friday night, I went to my nephew's graduation. Um, yesterday morning, we went to New Covenant's graduation uh, and, and saw the kids graduate there. And then last night, we were at my cousin's son's graduation party. He graduated from Anvil. All right, so it's that season. All right, it's graduation season. And in all those, whether it was my, my nephew's graduation or the one at New Covenant, they had a long ceremony. Well, a long ceremony, all right? Some people, we like our ceremonies shorter. Some of them were a little bit long, but this, the, they went through all these recognitions and awards, and you saw the pictures of when they were kids and babies and all these things. And then at the very end, they handed them that diploma. That was the end reward of all their work. Could you imagine what would happen if the first day of senior year, the students walked in and they're just like, here's your diploma, all right? How many of them would not show up the rest of the year, you know, for school, all right? The reward comes at the end. The reward is the consequence or the wages of what has been done. Just as in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, the price of sin is death, um, the reward for humility is riches and honor in life. And speaking of the reward or the wages of sin, let me take a moment and say that if you do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, this will be a great day to do that because there is a reward for our sin. All have sinned. All of us have sinned. And the reward for that, the Bible says, is death. The reward for that is separation from God. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior today, let me encourage you to make him your Lord and Savior. God is welcoming and open with open arms all who want to confess their sin, all who are willing to confess their sin and accept that penalty that Jesus took on himself and died when he died on the cross. Because the wages, the true reward, the consequences of our sin is death. 
but it is important for us to remember that the reward comes last. Oftentimes in our day and age, like I said, you know, we want that reward. We want that quickly. We want that now. But let me, sh- let me share you a couple of verses in Proverbs here. Proverbs fifteen thirteen says, The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. And then Proverbs eighteen twelve says this, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. At the very beginning of the verse, we see that there is a reward coming, but it comes at the end. Now, if our, oops, excuse me, if our topic is humility, first of all, we've got to talk about what is humility. You know, if somebody was to, were to ask you what is humility, what would we say? I mean, we could look it up online because we like to do that. Everybody uh, easily has access to online. And so an online definition of humble, humility is this. It's marked by meekness or modesty in behavior, attitude or spirit, not arrogant, not prideful. The biblical term means to have a lowly mind or to be modest. It is the renunciation of human sufficiency. Humility is the ability to say, is, the, is me saying, I am insufficient in what I am. The humble person fears the Lord because their humility leads them to admit that they are not in control. They are not in charge, and there is someone greater than they who, who is in charge, is in command. And last Sunday, Pastor Todd taught on the sovereignty of God. And that is the one that we trust. Um, That is the one that we rely on. And that is why we can be so humble, because we have a God who is in control. Therefore, the one who walks in wisdom, which is a major theme, again, in Proverbs, is the one who is humble and fears the Lord. So if you are a Christian desiring to grow in wisdom, as we learn from the book of Proverbs, one of the evidences that you are learning wisdom is that if you are growing in humility. So here we are, I think we're six, eight weeks into the sermon series, into the book of Proverbs. And Pastor Todd has covered chapters one through nine, kind of systematically walking through them. And we keep talking about wisdom. We keep talking about the fear of the Lord. But if we're going to grow in wisdom, how do we know if we're growing in wisdom? Well, part of that is there should be a growth in humility as well. In Proverbs, we're warned about being the fool, or we're warned of the fool. And oftentimes when we hear the word fool, we think of somebody that's just dumb, and they're just ignorant, you know, Um, like some cartoon characters they portray as being dumb or ignorant. But that's not what the fool is in the book of Proverbs. The fool that Proverbs speaks of is one who denies the righteousness and authority of God. He denies his own moral makeup that God created him with. And so naturally, the opposite of humility or the opposite path, or getting off the path of humility, is that of pride. Now, my family went hiking um, one time at at Toby Hanna State Park, Um, and as you get there and you get on the main trail, we found this sign, and I know you can't read it, so I will read it for you. Um, The important part says, warning, this area is a former military artillery range. 
and may contain unexploded shells. Use caution when walking off the trails. Now, now, Toby Hanna State Park knows how to make hiking interesting. Um, <laughs> and that, I mean, but, but that works, because when you tell your kids, hey, stay on the trail or you might explode, okay? <laughs> they, they listen to that. They'll, they'll follow that one. But pride is where we end up if we reject the way of wisdom and humility. Pride is getting off the trail and you get into the minefield of pride. uh, When you get off the trail of humility, you get into the minefield of pride. And there are still, in Europe, there are still um, forests and fields where where they have signs that say, hey, this was a minefield during World War II. Um, We're not sure if all of them have been found, so walk with caution. Okay, and that's what happens when we get off the path of humility. We get into the minefield of pride. And Proverbs sixteen eighteen, we probably all know and can say by heart, it says this, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, in the book of Second Chronicles, if you want to turn there, um, I'll have a lot of the verses up here on the screen. But if you want to turn there, Second Chronicles 26 comes right after First Chronicles, if you're wondering. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to find Second Chronicles. Second uh, Chronicles 26, we find the story of King Uzziah. Now after, remember we're talking the book of Proverbs, a lot of the Proverbs were, were written by Solomon. Um, so we have, if we go into our history of Israel, you have King David, everybody knows. He had, he was the king of Israel. And then his son Solomon took over and kind of expanded the kingdom. But after Solomon died, the kingdom ended up splitting up. And then you had the northern tribes of Israel um, create their own kingdom called Israel. And the the southern tribes became the, the kingdom of Judah. All right. And so Uzziah, King Uzziah, was king of Judah. And he became king of Judah when he was just 16 years old. At age 16, he was responsible for being king of an entire nation. All right, and 2 Chronicles 26, 4 and 5 say this, And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Ahaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord... God made him to prosper. And in 2 Chronicles 26, verses 6 through 15, we kind of see how God made him to prosper, the many ways in which he prospered. King Uzziah, his accomplishments um, as a young king were extraordinary. He was victorious in war against the Philistines and other enemies. He built cities and fortifications to protect from invasion. The nation of Judah prospered in the area of agriculture and economics. He built an impressive military to protect the land and defeat their enemies, and he equipped them with quality weapons and shields. And so here we see King Uzziah following God and seeking after God and and as a king, and God blessing him and prospering, prospering, prospering him as a king. And... And his nation was doing well. To the point at verse 15, it says, 
In Jerusalem, oh, in Jerusalem, he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. And so we see here that King Uzziah, starting at 16 years of age, this great burden on him, follow God. He was instructed by Zechariah, and he followed God. You know, many of us think that pride is something that happens to people that, you know, haven't been, you know, haven't been faithful to God that much. You know, maybe new Christians, maybe somebody who's never known God, that they're the ones that really struggle with pride. But here we see King Uzziah at 16 years old after serving God, and he comes to this point where it says he was marvelously helped till he was strong. Verse 16 says this, but when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction, for he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. It's almost the exact wording from Proverbs 16:18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride is destructive. It destroys. It leads to anger, selfishness, self-righteousness, arrogance, and many other sins. And worst of all, it leads us to be unfaithful to God and puts us in direct opposition to Him, His will, and His work. Every one of us is in danger of becoming like Uzziah. And I would encourage you to read later the story of King Uzziah, what happened to him? Why, why did he, in what way was he unfaithful to the Lord? Well, he, he thought he was all that, and so that he could just go bypass the priests, and I will offer sacrifices for myself, something God commanded them not to do. They were supposed to go through the priests. And I'll, I encourage you to read Second Chronicles uh, 26, the rest of that later. But but the truth is that pride is destructive, and it led to his own destruction. This is why we need to wrap ourselves in humility toward God and others. Peter writes this. He says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humility is an underlying theme throughout the book of Proverbs and throughout the Bible, and it is essential for the Christian walk and for following the way of wisdom. Humility recognizes and trusts God's character, while pride rejects God's authority and good plan. Humility allows one to be overwhelmed with God's undeserved grace and goodness, while pride sees no need for grace and trust in its own goodness. Humility teaches us gentleness and patience, while pride is quickly angered and seeks control. Humility receives criticism and correction, while pride is devastated or angered by it. Humility leads to listening and understanding, while pride leads to too much talking and mostly about ourselves. Have you ever noticed that about somebody who's proud? They like to talk about themselves. Humility leads to teachability, while the proud is unteachable. And we could go on and on. Humility leads to prayer, because you're dependent on God. Pride leads to lack of prayer, because we are dependent on ourselves. <clears throat> Humility and the fear of the Lord, the reward for these are riches and honor and life. 
And in our study in Proverbs, we have already talked about the fear of the Lord. It is the beginning of wisdom from chapter 9, verse 10. It's the very starting point of learning godly wisdom. The fear of the Lord is an awe for the sovereign, loving, and righteous God that makes us want to submit to his will. All right, fear of the Lord is not, oh no, I'm, I'm afraid of God. What's he going to do to me? Um, I don't want to be punished. I need to keep, I need to keep uh, confessing my sins because I'm afraid of the punishment and everything. No, fear of the Lord is submitting ourselves, seeing that sovereign God, that loving God, that righteous God, and make us, makes us, encourages us to submit to his will. In order to learn and to live biblical wisdom, we must believe and trust the God who created us and sustains us and humble ourselves before him. The fear of the Lord and humility go hand in hand. If we don't fear the Lord, then there is no use for humility. And if we don't have humility, we can't properly fear the Lord. They go hand in hand together. Again, so as we're walking through the book of Proverbs and we're, we're talking about different different topics, different discussions. Uh, Next week, we'll be talking about the tongue and the words that we say. All these things, as we seek to learn wisdom, fearing the Lord and humility go together. They're like two rails to the same train track. If you take a rail off, the train's not going to run on the tracks. Proverbs 28, maybe I missed... I'm going the wrong way. There we go. Uh, Proverbs 28:14 says, "Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity." The reward for humility again is riches and honor and life. Hebrews 11:6 says this. Oh, I didn't put that one on there either. Um, Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. The path of humility is a difficult path. It's not an easy path. Our world is trending in the opposite direction. It doesn't take um, a, a social scientist or, or an economist, uh, economic person or a, a newscaster to see that our world tends toward pride, tends toward taking pride in who we are, in being ourselves. The path of humility is a difficult one, but the path of humility is to follow in the steps of Jesus. We have a great example, a greater example another king other than Uzziah who we can follow in humility. I remember a few years ago, I think it was 2016, um, and where we were previously living, we had that big, well, you guys got it too, but that big snowstorm. All right, I think we, we got 36 to 38 inches where we lived in that, that one snowstorm. Um, I think it was a record for the Lehigh Valley area. Um, and after that snowstorm, when we went outside to play in the snow, um, Riley wasn't born yet, but Shane was pretty small. All right. And he basically had to wait and follow us, me and his older sisters to kind of blaze a trail. Right. And have you ever done that? You, you kind of step first and then the kids can step into it. You follow in somebody else's footsteps. Well, let me tell you, the path of humility is not an easy path. 
it's difficult, but Jesus is the one that we follow. We follow his footsteps. And so Philippians 2, if you want to turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11, explain Jesus' example of humility. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 3, Paul writes this. He says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only in his own interests, but also in the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, having the same mindset of Jesus, the same humble mindset, Uh, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You can almost see the footprints in the snow here. So even though he was in the form of God, he thought it was not something to be grasped. He humbled himself. He took a step and came out as a servant uh, in the likeness of man. And he humbled himself more by becoming obedient to God, even to the point of death, even a death on the cross, the worst possible death a person at that time could experience. It was a criminal's death. And so can you see the footprints of humility that Jesus left as he went before us? And it's in Philippians 2, verse 9, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus humbled himself to come to earth, to die on the cross in our place, and God richly rewarded him for that that all will bow to him. Most people on earth are looking to move up in the world. But Jesus continuously lowered himself to the lowest position. God and creator of the universe entered into humanity and lived the life of the humble servant and died in our place for our sins that we might be forgiven. Jesus walked the path of humility. He made those steps in the snow for us to follow. And, our, and we are called to display the same humility as Jesus did. And God has promised to reward us. But you have to walk that difficult path of humility. You know, I, um, a lot of my, my grandfather was an evangelist and a preacher. And in, in those days, it seemed a lot that they, they liked to use poems a lot. I don't know. We don't use that as much anymore. I'm not a poem person. Uh, but I did pick a poem for today because it just seemed to fit so, so much, and it's like the only poem I know. All right, so Robert Frost, which you probably all know, wrote the well-known poem, The Road Not Taken, right? This is that poem. It says, Two roads diverge in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler, long I stood, and I looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps a better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for the passing there had worn them really about the same, 
and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trod black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubt if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverge in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. In our journey toward wisdom through the book of Proverbs, there are different paths to take. And Proverbs tells us the path to humility is the one that leads to reward. The reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. If we want to learn true godly wisdom like the book of Proverbs calls us to, then we must walk the path of humility. Near the end of of the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, who was alive during the time of King Uzziah, in his closing chapter, chapter 66 of Isaiah, God says this. He says, all these things my hands have made. I have it up here. There, that's the first I had up there. All these things my hands have has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. Who is God going to look upon? Isn't that what we want to know? Well, what is God looking for in us? Who is he going to look favorably upon? He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. It's not somebody who can build something great. It's not Solomon because he built a huge temple. It's not David because he built a big kingdom. It's not this person because they they have this great quality about them. They have this great skill about them. The one that God looks on, the one that God uses, is the one who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at God's word. So let me encourage you here today as we close. Humility is the path to wisdom. And it's, it's essential to our Christian walk, to walk that path of humility. Let's close in prayer.